So when I was at school, if we were doing sports and we had to split into two teams, the teacher didn't say, right, okay, you lot, you over there, you're going to be in a team over here. And you lot, you're going to be in a team over here. The teacher didn't do that. What they do is they get two team captains and the captains would come to the front and they would take it in turns to choose the players for their team. So, of course, all the people that were really good at sport, they got chosen first. And the ones that weren't so good at sport, they got chosen last. And in the end, there'd just be two people. Uh, there'd be, uh, and one of them would be chosen, but the other one wouldn't even get chosen. They'd just be on the, the other team because they were the last person. Now, what do you think it must have felt like to be the one that nobody picked? What do you think that would feel like to Ropa? What do you think? Awful because no one wanted you to be on the team. Okay, what, Caitlin, what are you going to I would feel awful because they wouldn't want me on the team or because I don't know how to play sport, mate. Yeah, okay. Similar sort of thing. What are you going to say, Natasha? Last one. You'd feel upset. Yeah, I can understand all that because do you know what? Um, I used to be uh, the last or, uh, you know, nearly the last to be picked all the time uh, because at primary school, I wasn't very good at sport. Now, that started to change in secondary school, but in primary school, I was hopeless and uh, waiting to be picked was horrible. I knew I didn't want to be the last one picked, but if I was, I felt really bad, and I felt like Taropa said, I, like, no one wanted me on the team, or no one liked me or something. Now, that's probably not how it was, but that's how it made me feel. Well, today we're going to hear about a young shepherd boy called David, and a very similar thing happened to David. He was the last person that anybody thought of. He was the last to be chosen. But actually, he was the only one to be chosen, not for a sports team, but chosen to be king. And who do you think it was that chose him? Who do you think? Phoebe, who do you think? The Lord. Lord. It was God, indeed. Uh, But before we hear about David, uh, we need to understand where David's story fits in the big story of the Bible, because we're going to hear a lot about David over the next few weeks. And as you know, the Bible is made up of lots of stories, and all those stories connect together like the links of a chain. So do you remember how uh, the people of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt, and they were treated really badly by Pharaoh and by the Egyptians. So God raised up a man called Moses to lead God's people out of Egypt. And that's what he did. God's people left Egypt. They were freed from slavery. But then they spent 40 years wandering around in the desert. They were nomadic people until finally they entered the promised land. They entered the land that they could call home. And and, and then there's quite a long period of time when uh, Israel are led by judges. And these judges were more like tribal chieftains than the kind of thing that we might imagine when we think of the word uh, judge. And the time of the judges was terrible for Israel. Uh, Israel rebelled against God. They didn't want to listen to God. It was a time of moral chaos, and they made loads of mistakes. And eventually the people say, we want a king just like all the other nations. And that was a mistake too, because God doesn't want his people 
to be like all the other nations. But because they keep on going on about having a king, God gives them what they want. He gives them a king and that man named Saul. Now Saul was very tall, much taller than everyone else. And he was a handsome guy and he was a brave warrior. He was exactly what the people wanted. But you know what? He wasn't a good king. He wasn't a good king because he disobeyed God. And I want you to remember this because later on, I'm going to ask you about this. So why wasn't Saul a good king? Shout it out at me. He disobeyed God. Exactly right. So God decides to remove Saul from the throne and put another man, a better man, in his place. A king who would obey all God's commands. So God gives the prophet Samuel the job of finding this new king and anointing him with oil. Do you know what it means to anoint someone with oil? Let me me tell you, it's when you pour oil on somebody's head and that's like a sign and a symbol that they are the chosen one. They're chosen by God. And this is where we pick up the story today because God said to Samuel, he said, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now, I'm sure you guys know that when you're looking for someone to do a job, you want them to have uh, certain characteristics. You want them to have uh, certain skills and qualities so that they can do that job, don't you? So I'm going to read out some qualities or some characteristics, and I want you to tell me what job you think is being advertised. What job am I referring to? So the first one, the applicant must be brave, must be able to climb ladders, not be allergic to smoke, and not be afraid of heights. Isabel, I think you had your hand up first. What, what job is that? A firefighter, exactly right. Of course it is a firefighter. So uh, the next one, the applicant must be funny, uh, like face paint and custard pies, enjoy mucking around, and not mind falling over or getting wet. A clown, of course it is. There you go, a clown. Well done. So you can see how this works. So I want you to imagine that we're advertising for the position of a king or a queen. So what kind of person would we want? What kind of characteristics would they have? What do you reckon, Toby? Kind and have leadership. Excellent qualities for a monarch. Yeah, Phoebe? Do what's right for the kingdom, yes. Patient, fantastic. Deborah? Obey God. God. That's an excellent one. Some brilliant answers there. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house looking for the future king, and he has Jesse bring out all his sons. And the first one is called Eliab. And again, Eliab is very tall and he's strong, and he looks noble. He, he looks kind of like a king. Do you think Eliab would be a good choice? What do you think? No, why not? Because he might not be trustworthy. Because he might not be trustworthy, okay. What, what do you think? Um, he might, um, because it doesn't um, matter the appearance on the outside. On the outside, it just matters. Okay, so the fact that he's tall and strong, it doesn't really matter. It's what's inside that counts, and that's the theme today. Well done. So, But you know what Samuel thinks to himself? Samuel takes one look at him, and he thinks, well, surely this is the one that God has chosen. 
But God says to him, no, this isn't the one. Don't be fooled by his appearance. He's tall and strong. But God says, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. Uh, I look at what's going on inside. You see, when God sees us, God sees us differently. God sees things that we don't see. God sees things that we don't see in other people. And God sees things that we don't see in ourselves. And when we look at a person, we only see what's in front of us. But God sees the heart. God sees who we really are. And he sees who we have the potential to become. Our potential is what we could do or achieve and who we could become in the future. Now, I'm going to show you some photos of some children, and I want to see if you can guess what they become in later life. Let's have a go at that. So let's have the first photo. So a little boy here with a baseball bat. What do you think he becomes in Caitlin? A baseball player. He might become a baseball player, but that's not what he's known for. Any, any other ideas? Hang on. Deborah? Pardon? A cricket player? No, one more. I know you know the answer to this, Isabel, so I'm not good. <laughs> Natasha? Good at sport. Well, he might have been good at sport, but it's not what he's known for. That is, in fact, Barack Obama. And he became the president of the United States. Well, let's look at the next photo. This little girl here, what do you think she went on to become? What do you reckon? Taropa? Say that again? The queen. I was hoping that no one would get these. But (laughs) yes, yes. Queen Elizabeth II, the Queen of uh, Britain and the Commonwealth. Well done, Taropa. You definitely won't get this one. You can guess, but you won't get it. Who's, who's this? What does he go on to become? What do you reckon? Any ideas? Uh, Charlie? The king. No, good guess. Phoebe? Somebody who works for the king? No? A president? No? Let me tell I'll go and just one more. But, uh, no, it's not Donald Trump. So, all good guesses, but it's Neil Armstrong, uh, who perhaps the most famous astronaut ever, the first person to walk on the moon in 1969. So, the last one then, this little girl, who do you think she went on to become, or what did she go on to do? What do you think? Uh, Caitlin, go on. An actress, no? A famous singer. A famous singer, no? A queen? No. Elizabeth Taylor? No, it's not Elizabeth Taylor. Well, let me tell you, her name is Malala Yousafzai. And Malala lived in a country called Afghanistan where very unfairly women and girls uh, were not able to get a good education. So she, as a child, campaigned against that. And some terrible people tried to kill her, and she survived, and she went on to be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. And she was the youngest person ever to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. So that's Malala Yousafzai. Now, if we knock those off, we, we couldn't look at those photos of babies and children, well, apart from the Queen. But generally, we couldn't look at those photos of babies and children and know who they would become in the future. And in the same way, we can't look at someone and know what they might become. Even if we know someone really well, we don't see what God sees. Uh, We don't even see who or what we could become 
if we keep allowing God to work in our lives. And that's not just uh, for, for uh, the children, that's for all of us. We don't know what, who or what we could become if we keep allowing God to work in our lives or what he might enable us to do. So back to our story. Uh, Jesse brings out seven of his sons for Samuel to see, and God doesn't choose any of them. So this is how it works. So can I choose seven of you? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you line up along the, the edge there. Okay. So, so Jesse brings out his seven sons. You've got to imagine they're all sons. So the first one, if you face me. So the first one is Eliab. Eliab is tall and strong. He looks like a king, but Eliab, I'm afraid it's not you. Sit down. Uh, sit down over there, sit down where you were, well done. And who we got next? We got Abinadab. And Abinadab looks like a likely candidate, but no, Abinadab, it's not you. And then we have Massa, uh, uh, sorry, Shema. Shema, no, it's not you either, so go and sit down. And who have we got here? Well, we don't even know this one's name. Uh, by the time we get to the fourth one, we're not given a name, but it's not you, so sit down. Sorry. And you look like you could easily be a king, but I'm afraid it's not you either. So sit down. And number six, no, not you either. Number seven, no, sit down. Uh, no, no kingship for you. So you might think that at this point, um, Jesse would say, well, you know what? I've got one more son. Uh, let me go and get him. But he doesn't. He doesn't even think to mention his younger son. Samuel has to ask him. He says, so is this it? Is this all your sons? And he says, oh, well, there is one more. He's the youngest, and he's out tending the sheep. And Samuel says, bring him here. So David arrives, and God tells Samuel, this is the one. This is the one I've chosen to be king. What do you think God sees in David that makes God want him to be the next king? Any of you other guys? What do you reckon, Caitlin? He might be kind and loyal. Might be kind and loyal. What do you reckon, Benjamin? You had your hand up. What do you reckon? Come, shall I come back to you? What do you reckon, Natasha? Kind, caring. Kind and caring. Thoughtful and grateful. Thoughtful and grateful. Obeys God. Obeys God. It's Jenny, isn't it? That's why I was calling you Deborah. Jenny. Obeys God. Jenny, that's... Excellent. All good answers. All very good answers. But you see, God doesn't see the smallest, youngest, least impressive son who keeps getting overlooked. God sees David's heart. Uh, God sees what David will become. God sees David's potential. But most importantly of all, Jenny, well done for, for picking up on this. God sees that David will be obedient to God. And that's really important. Remember why Saul wasn't able to continue as king? Well, David is able to continue as king because God knows that he'll be obedient. But, you know, we often do the same thing as Jesse. Did you know that? We do the same thing as Jesse. Uh, We overlook people or underestimate them because we focus too much on what they look like. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Okay. So, I've got two types of food, products, things that we consume. So I've got here a box of tea bags, and I've got a pot of crunchy rocks, sweets. 
chocolates. So if you were given the choice, which would you choose? Put your hand up if you choose the tea bags. <laughs> Put your hand up if you choose the sweets. Okay, let me... Let me put that another way. If this was not in a part of this talk, that's called, it's what's inside that counts. If it was just on the supermarket shelf and someone said, which one of those would you like? Who would choose the tea bags, really? (laughs) And who would choose the sweets? Okay. Well, we've got a clear majority in favour of the suite, so we'll go with that. So I'm going to get a couple of volunteers to come and choose. So let's see who we're going to have. Let's have uh, Charlie and Jenny, if you come up. So if you come up here. So let's see who gets to choose first. I'm going to flip a coin. Jenny, heads or tails? Tails. Head, it's tails. So Charlie, you get to choose first. Choose either one. Yeah, fine, take it. And Jenny, you get to choose one. Well, you don't get to choose one, really. It's just one left, uh, which is the tea bags. Now, uh, turn, and f- turn and face everyone and have a look inside. What's inside there? What's inside there? What have you got in there? Hold one up. You've got Brussels sprouts. Do you, lo- do, you like- do you like Brussels sprouts? You do. I picked the one child in the world that likes Brussels sprouts, and they're not even chocolate-coated. Okay, and what have you got? You've got what would have been in that pot. You've got the sweets. Okay, well done. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll share these out with you guys at morning tea. Is that all right? Yeah, yep, so long as your parents are happy with that. You, 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 can, have, you can have the uh, Brussels sprouts as well, but I don't think they'll be... I don't think they'll be so popular. Now, imagine those food packages were people. Very often, when we first meet someone, we make decisions about what they're like based on their outward appearance, based on the way they look. And it's just like we see the outer wrapping, but we don't see what's inside. Or we see the people that they are, but we don't see the people that they'll become. And God sees us differently. God sees inside us. And it's what's inside that counts. That's our theme for today, isn't it? It's what's inside that counts. So we should try to see people in the same way that God sees them. We should try and see a person's inner beauty. We should try and see what a person could become. So if you're at school, if you're at school and you see someone and they don't seem to have uh, any friends... Uh, and, and you think, well, that's not really the kind of person that I'd be friends with, maybe because of the way they look or the way they act. Remember, that person could have the potential to be the most wonderful friend you could ever hope for. So be friends with them or try to be. Who knows what could happen? But it's not just that we overlook and underestimate ourselves, sorry, other people. We often do it to ourselves. We look at ourselves and we don't see what God sees. God had a plan for David. God planned for David to be the king of Israel. Do you know that God has a plan for you? Micah, do you know that God has a plan for you? Good. I'm glad that you know that. Benjamin, do you know that God has a plan for you? You don't know? Well, I can tell you that God has a plan for you. Natasha, do you know that God has a plan for you? Yes, he definitely does. Caitlin, do you know that God has a plan for you? He does. 
And it's exciting to know that, isn't it? And the plan that God's got for me is not the same as the plan that God's got for Jessica. And the plan that God's got for Jessica is not the same plan that God's got for Charlie. Uh, God's got a different plan for each one of us. But one thing we can be sure of, God wants us to shine the light and the love of Jesus out into the world. That will always, always be part of the plan. Now, who can tell me something about themselves that no one else knows? Or maybe no one apart from your family. So something interesting or surprising or a bit different that most people in church wouldn't know about you. Jenny. I have 200 cousins. You have 200 cousins. That is a... 200 cousins. That is amazing. That's amazing. That's a big family. That's quite an exciting Christmas, isn't it? Okay, Toby. You like dipping fish fingers in custard. That's, uh, yeah, your dad's uh, affirming that strange fact. Uh, no one knew that. Anyone else? Something that, uh, something that most of us wouldn't know, Phoebe? You don't like broccoli. No, most people here wouldn't know that you don't like. Natasha, you've got one as well. Go on. You've got a cubby in your room. Oh, that's exciting. But you know, God knows all of that and more. God knows everything about you. In fact, God knows you better than you know yourself. So you can be sure that the plan that God has for you is far better and more exciting than anything you could come up with for yourself. Now, and it's not, uh, it's not about how old you are or how tall you are. It's not about the things that you do well. It's not about the things that you struggle with. It's not even about who you are today at this moment. It's about your heart, and it's about the things that only God can see. It's about your potential. And if we want to be sure that we're following God's plan, there's one thing that's really important. Let me see if you can guess what it is. I'm going to give you a clue. So what was it that made God reject Saul as king to decide that Saul wasn't going to be a good king anymore. Caitlin? He was disobedient. Okay, you got there. Um, what was it about King or David, the shepherd boy David, that God saw and he liked to, to Ropa? He, he would obey God. God knew that he would. Yeah, so what do you think we must do to make sure that God's plan is worked out in our life. Charlie. Do the right thing. And he... obey, God. obey God. Obey Jesus. You know, we will only ever reach our full potential as human beings and as God's children if we live lives of faithful obedience to Jesus. And you know, if we're obedient to Jesus, if our hearts are right then we can expect to see God's wonderful plan unfold in our lives, uh, just as David did. But you know, David, and we're going to see this in, in weeks to come, David did not have an easy life. David had a lot of things that he had to struggle with. Uh, he had a lot of uh, problems. He had a lot of things that, that really made life quite difficult for him. But in amongst all of that, in amongst the, the difficult times and the good times, when we read David's story... We can see God's plan being worked out in his life because he was obedient to God. So shall we pray? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do uh, have a plan for each of our lives. Just as you called King David, there is something that you are calling each one of us to. Uh, you, you, your word says that we are each fearfully and wonderfully made. You've made us with a purpose. And uh, we pray, Father, that uh, we would be excited about the fact that you are calling us to something. You have a role for us in your kingdom. And we pray that through our obedience and to listening to your word and to drawing close to you, we can, we can see that plan for our lives be worked out and know that you are with us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.